All right, so uh, we are continuing our series tonight that we're doing through the book of James. It's going to take us through the end of the semester. Uh, we've been studying uh, the James's letter to the uh, early Christians, um, primarily uh, Jewish Christians that were scattered throughout the throughout the, uh, throughout the region. Uh, he's writing a letter to them, explaining to them um, and what it means to to live out their faith. Uh, and then, so we've been breaking that down uh, each week. Uh, we started off talking about man, what it is to trust in God, to rely on God instead of relying on yourself. We talked about how to overcome uh, temptations, overcoming trials, uh, those kind of things. Um, you know, last week uh, we talked about favoritism and how we treat other people uh, and treating other people in a way that honors God, that glorifies God. Uh, and so, so tonight we're going to continue on. If you have your Bibles, it's James chapter 2. We're going to be starting in verse 14. If you don't have your Bibles, the scriptures will be up there. But man, it's so good to have your own Bible that you can look in and underline and write in the margins of. And if, does anybody need a Bible? Because we have some that we can give away that can be yours. Anybody say, I need a Bible? I need a Bible in my life. I would like a Bible. Here. Pick, pick one out of here uh, that you like the best, and it's yours. Um, and we, we, Calvin has extra Bibles too. So if you don't have a Bible for your own to study, we'd love to get you one. But so James chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 14. And so, uh, like I said, James is writing here. James, the, the brother of Jesus, and he grew up in Jesus' family. Uh, James was likely uh, not a believer initially, but he was an eyewitness to the resurrection. He saw Jesus alive after being dead. In a few days, we're going to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Remember the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, James was counted in those upwards to 500 people that saw Jesus alive with their own eyes after being dead. Uh, Jesus, uh, James, eyewitness to the resurrection, becomes an apostle, becomes a, a leader there in the early church. And he's writing this letter uh, to Jewish Christians that have been scattered throughout the region by persecution. Uh, it was not easy to be a Christian. It's not easy to be a Christian now, but it wasn't easy to be a Christian at that time. Uh, and you, you could be thrown in prison, you could be killed. Uh, and so, so uh, these Jewish Christians were, were, were scattered throughout the world, and he's writing a letter to them, kind of giving them some instruction on what it means to live uh, as a believer in these cultures that are uh, opposed to everything that Jesus would have been about. Um, he's kind of explaining to them a very practical letter, uh, and a letter that, that, that it's, it's, it's simple as far as, uh, man, this, this is what you should do, this is what you should not do, helpful stuff on how we should live. And, and really a core principle that's tying the whole thing together these five weeks that we looked at, James, is this idea of, of faith and what does it look like expressed in a life. We're talking about authentic faith. What does it mean to have authentic, genuine faith? A lot of people talk about having faith. And here in Memphis, Tennessee, the buckle of the Bible belt, and a lot of people talk about having faith in God. A lot of people would tell you they believe, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I go to church. My grandma goes to church. I'm, I'm a Christian. Yeah. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. A lot of people talk about faith in God. That uh, You would see it nowhere in their life. Their life looks just like anybody else's life. They talk about being a Christian. They talk about having faith in Jesus. But you don't see it anywhere in the way they live, in the way they treat other people, the way they speak, those kind of things. And so at the heart of James is saying, and that is absolutely absurd. Uh, and if you have faith in Jesus, if you have been saved, if your life is being transformed by a relationship with God in Christ... Uh, that should be apparent in every part of your life. The way you think, the way you speak, the way you conduct yourselves, the way you treat other people. I should be able to see that in the way that you live. And so that, that's, the, that's the theme that's tying everything together. And really, where we're locking in on tonight is he's talking about what is the relationship between your faith, what you believe and trust God for, 
versus your, your actions, your works, your deeds. How are those two related? Are they related? Some might say those, those are totally unrelated. Uh, we're going to be looking at some of those objections tonight. Um, and and so, so James is addressing all these kind of things. Before I get into all of that, um, how many of you guys have a birthday this month? Your birthday's in the month of April. Or your birthday's next month in the month of May? Yeah, my birthday's in the month of May. Two of our two of our children's birthdays in the month of May. Thomas turns ten on May seventh, which I'm not that old, so I don't know what happened there. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll turn I'll turn an age on, on May 9th. My birthday's coming up. Uh, on my birthday, on my birthday, what's there gonna be? There's gonna be Jackie might make a cake. She might make a cheesecake. Uh, she might make something. I don't know. She's a really good. She's a really good cook, and especially when it comes to desserts and sweets. So whatever it is, it's going to be good. There'll be cake. What else might there be at my birthday? Pizza. Uh, balloon. Spider-Man. A, a clown. Balloons. Spider-Man. Okay. I'm, I'm not six. What is the... <laughs> money. Presents. Presents. Yeah, presents. Money. I mean... I'm not six. It's not about that. If a clown shows up, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll clap for him, but... We're going to clap um, now. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so so there's going to be gifts, there's going to be presents at your birthday. I hope there's some kind of presents at my kid's birthday. Man, you better believe there's going to be presents because they get spoiled rotten uh, by both sets of grandparents. Uh, at your birthday, there are there are presents. Um, and th- those of you guys that have been through Kyle's discipleship class, this analogy will not be new to you. You'll be very familiar with this analogy. Um, so my my birthday's coming up, and on my birthday, uh, I get presents. Uh, on the day that I was born. Rewinding X number of years ago to the day that I was born. Um, on the day that I was born, what did I do to get born? What, what work did I do to get born into this world? I didn't do anything. Who did all the work to get me born, to bring me into the world? <laughs> so, good Sunday school answer, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus put me together. What human beings did the work to get me born? Small contribution from dad, a lot of work from, from mom, right? A lot of work from mom. So, so, on the day that I was born, my mom did a lot of work. Your moms did a lot of work. That's why they call it... Labor. There we go. You guys are like, I don't know what they call it. I'm not ready for this. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard work having a baby. Really hard work. It's called labor. Uh, Sometimes it takes hours and hours and hours. uh, And and at the end of it, you get a sweet little baby to hold. So on the day that you were born, your mom did a lot of work. So when your birthday rolls around each year, we get your mom a lot of presents to thank her for what she did, right? On your birthday, who gets the presents? You get the presents. On the day you were born, who did all the work? Not you, right? And so, and so this analogy helps us to think about heaven is the same way. Salvation is the same way. God, God offering forgiveness of sins to us. God welcoming us into the family of God. Uh, offering to, to save us from our sins. Making us right with Him. Uh, offering us a free home in heaven is the exact same way. We get all the rewards and we did none of the work. Zero. Goose egg. Uh, same as you didn't do any work to get yourself born, uh, and, and we didn't do any of the work to save ourselves. It's, it's so important that you guys understand uh, a core principle of the Christian faith is that we did not save ourselves by any good works of our own. Not, nothing that we did uh, impressed God. It's like, ooh, I need him on my team. That was really good. He's a really good person. I need him. No. No, everything, uh, everything that happened as far, as far as us us getting saved, us being made right with God, uh, was 100% on God. God did all the work. We reap all the benefit just like your birthday. 
Um, and it's important to understand this, to have a rock-solid foundation on that before we jump into these verses uh, here in James. That, that a person is only saved, only made right with God uh, because of what God did, because of the work that God did, specifically in, in sending his son Jesus to live and to die on a cross. The work that Jesus did on the cross, he took all the punishment that I deserve for everything I've ever done wrong, all the punishment that we deserve, humanity deserves, from all the things we've done wrong. The times we have been selfish, times we've been prideful, times we've hurt ourselves, hurt other people, times we've lied, uh, what the Bible calls sin that we've all done, uh, it it separates us from God, keeps us from having a relationship with God. Uh, But Jesus on the cross, and and again, we'll, we'll celebrate Good Friday tomorrow and remember what he did for us on the cross. Jesus on the cross, all that punishment was laid on him instead. So God the Father could ex- extend us forgiveness and grace and mercy. Uh, he could welcome us into the family of God, forgiven and clean. He can give us a fresh start, uh, a new life. And that train is going bananas. It wants me to know. I know you're there, train. I hear you. I hear you, train. This is what God done. So, so God, God, God did all the work. Uh, you know, Jesus did all the work on the cross. We didn't do any of the work. Uh, but by trusting in God, by trusting in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, uh, we have forgiveness of sins. Everything you've ever done wrong can be, can be completely forgiven uh, in an instant. When you say, Jesus, I want to put my trust in you and I ask you to forgive my sins, make me clean. And he does instantly. Uh, say, God, would you please save me and make me right with you? My sins have separated me from you, but I, I don't want to be that way anymore. I want to live for you. I want to follow you. I want you to be in charge of my life. I've seen what my life looks like when I'm in charge. I don't want to be in charge anymore. God, would you be in the driver's seat? I want to follow you. Uh, would you be Lord of my life? Would you be the boss? I want to follow you the rest of my life. And, and when you do that, the Bible says in that moment, man, you are instantly made right with God. Uh, not by any work that you do, but trusting in what he already did. Are we cl- crystal clear on that? Um, and so understanding that, uh, and you transition into these verses in James, it sounds like Kind of like he's saying the opposite. But I'm going to explain to you guys, man, how, how we can understand uh, how we can understand these verses and what James is trying to teach us here. Um, if you guys, you know, a lot of times, if you, get, you guys may have experiences sharing the gospel with a roommate, sharing the gospel with a friend, and saying, yeah, it's not about what you do, do right or wrong. It's all about putting your trust in what Jesus did. And then they may say, well, then, you know, what does it matter what I do? Or why do, why do I need to, to start doing, doing good if it's all about what God did? Or, or why, why can't I just keep on sinning forever if it's not about my, my good works and it's all about what Jesus did? You guys ever heard a question like that or thought about that? And so that would be a common question. And in fact, if you have not heard a question like that, then it may mean that you have not expressed uh, that idea in the gospel well that it's 100% what God did. Because if you, if you communicate a gospel that sounds like, uh, well, if you, if you go to church and you read your Bible and you pray, then God will accept you. You can be a Christian. You can follow God. And they okay, well, I'll just do those things and I'm a Christian. Um, if you've not ever been asked, is, that's it? Is that sinful? Is that easy? You may not have communicated it accurately, right? If you're putting any of the emphasis on what you have to do to get saved, other than just believing, other than just receiving by faith, uh, then we're adding works, we're adding stuff to do, we're adding religion uh, onto God's free gift of salvation. Does that make sense? And so, so when posed with, with that question, well, well, why don't I just keep sinning? Why, why don't I just, why does it matter what I do if it's all just by faith, if it's all just trusting what Jesus already did? And the Bible answers this a lot. Paul addresses it a couple times in his letters. Um, and Jesus certainly addresses it, particularly in his, his um, uh, parables and those kind of teachings. And James, James addresses it here. 
Uh, so we're going to pick up uh, in verse, verse 14. Um, James chapter 2, verse 14. And James writes this. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. Then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do you? He says, what good is it if you say you have faith, but I don't see it anywhere in your life. I don't see it anywhere in your actions. So we understand that those actions aren't what saves you. Those actions aren't what make you right with God. God already loves you uh, as much as he's ever going to love you right in this moment. Uh, you don't have to get, get cleaned up and nice for God to love you, for God to accept you. Um, and, and God already loves you at the maximum right now in this moment. Uh, so so, so it's, it's, not about, it's not about the good works we do. Um, but, but he's saying here, man, if you do have faith in God, I ought to see that in your life. That, that ought to show somewhere. But those actions aren't what saves you. But if you are saved, there should be some actions that show it. There should be some actions that reveal it. I ought to be able to see, see that in your life. And he says that kind of faith that's just lip service. It's just saying, yeah, I believe in God. And is that really a saving faith? He's basically asking, like, you're saying you're saved, but man, I'm looking at your life, and I'm not sure, right? I'm not sure. Those actions, actions do, doing good, that's not what saves you. Um, but if I'm not seeing any of that in your life, I'm going to question, man, do you really have a relationship with God? When you're living like the devil, like, do you really? Do you really have a relationship with God? Do you know Jesus? Are you following Jesus? And he gives a practical example. I mean, let's say you see somebody. Uh, they need, what do they need in this verse? They need food. Uh, they need clothing, right? It's cold, and they're hungry. And you say, man, I hope you get something to eat. Man, I hope you find some warm clothes. I'll be praying for you. Hank's like, what is that? And that's some low-down stuff right there. That's it. You're just going to say, I'm going to be praying for you? I said, man, get that guy something to eat. Get that guy something to wear. Uh, help him out in some kind of way. The, the, the kind of faith that's just like, man, I, I'm going to pray for you, but... Uh, but it's not going to move me to compassion. It's not going to move me to help them, move me to action. Uh, he says, man, that's not the kind of, kind of faith, um, that, that's not the kind of, kind of life that flows out of having a relationship with God and Jesus. That's the kind of, kind of abundant life uh, that, that Jesus is working in us. Jesus makes the same analogy. Uh, and I talked about this some last week, that when we do for the least of these, when we offer someone a cup of cold water, we offer something to, to, to eat, uh, when we give clothes to someone that needs it, when we visit someone who's sick or in prison, Jesus says, I take that personally. When you go and visit the least of these, when you help out the least of these, it's like you did it to me. And the converse of that is when you neglect the least of these, when you ignore problems around you, when you don't show compassion, he's like, it's like you didn't show it to me. Jesus says, I take it personal. Uh, it's great to say I've got faith in God. It's great to say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm following Jesus. Um, but that should, that should show in your actions. And a big way that shows is your compassion to other people. And if you love God... Uh, God's going to place in you a love for other people, a love for other people that's going to grow as you as you nurture it, as you as you act on it, um, as you minister to other people's needs. That love for other people is going to grow, uh, and that's what James is saying here. And if you love God, you ought to love other people too. I ought to see that in your life. Um, continuing on, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Says so you can talk about having faith. But it, he says it's a useless faith if I'm not seeing it expressed in your life. If it's not moving you uh, to, to love other people, to serve other people, if it's not moving you to good works, 
Um, I'm going to say that, that the, these actions, uh, or lack of actions I'm seeing, uh, are revealing a, a dead faith, a useless faith. Um, so again, our actions don't make us right with God. Our actions don't save us. But if we have been saved, we have put our trust in Jesus to save us, man, it should show in our actions. Do you guys see the difference there? It should, it should be revealed in our actions. And, and those actions, those good deeds, man, they, they fan the flame of our faith. They mature our faith. They help our faith to grow uh, and develop. And, and we become stronger in our faith uh, through these good deeds and through these actions. But he, says, he says, if you've got the kind of life that you're just all talk, and I'm not seeing it anywhere in your life, he says, that kind of faith is useless. Like, you may be saved, uh, but there's not going to be any reward in that. Um, and at the, at the end of time, there, there, there's a judgment where everyone that ever lives is going to stand before God uh, in judgment. And those, those that are Christians, those that are put their trust in Jesus to save them, they're not going to be judged for their sins. They're not going to be judged for what they've done wrong. God, Jesus already took the punishment for that on themselves. It's not going to be about all the things you've done wrong. But, but God is going to judge your works. As a Christian, we're going to be judged on, on, on the good works we've done or the things we've not done. And, and God says there's going to be reward for that. What are, what are those rewards? I don't know. But it says there's going, to be, there's going to be eternal rewards for the good that we do. And he says there's going to be some people, that, yeah, they'll be saved, they'll enter into heaven, but just barely, like a person jumping through the flames. And just, just the skin on their back, they just barely made it into heaven. And there's going to be others, because of the good that they've done in this life, are going to be heaping eternal rewards on themselves. What do those rewards look like? I mean, I don't know. But if the Bible's encouraging us to live in such a way to, to, to earn rewards in heaven, I want to live that kind of way, don't you? Uh, I don't want to just barely make it to heaven. I don't want to have a faith that's just dead and weak and useless, and I'm barely scraping into heaven. I want to have a life that's full of the love of Jesus, full of the life of Jesus, and it's going to be drawing other people into a relationship with God as well. It says, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It's useless. It's useless. And so, so here we come with the objector. He's, he's, playing, he's playing devil's advocate. He's, he's saying, you know, I've been teaching this for a long time. I've been, been a leader in the church for a long time. I've heard all kinds of obje- objections. Here's a common objection that I hear. He says, now someone may argue, some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Uh, and again, he's continuing on. This is still the objector. You say you have faith. Uh, for you believe that there's one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? So the objector says, faith and deeds are unrelated. Faith and deeds have nothing to do with each other. A person can have faith, and they can, they can behave in one way, or they can have faith and behave in a totally different way. They're unrelated, or a person, the person, way a person acts doesn't reveal that they have faith or don't have faith. Let me give you an example. Um, you can't look at a person's life and because how they treat other people say, oh, I know that person's a Christian. No. Christians aren't the only good people in the world, right? You've got, you've got Hindus that are good people. You've got Muslims that are good people. You've got Buddhists that are good people. You've got atheists that are good people. He says, just your actions uh, aren't enough to, to reveal that you've got faith. So this is the objector talking. He says, those things aren't necessarily related. You can be a good person. You can do good. You can show compassion. You can help other people. Uh, that doesn't necessarily by itself make you a Christian. Uh, and and then, then he also says, on the other hand, you can have faith and then do nothing with it, right? And so I could look at your life, and I'm not so sure you are a Christian because there's no actions to reveal that. And, and maybe you have put your trust in Jesus, but I can't see it anywhere in your life. And he says, so, so, 
the objector is saying, there's not, James, there's not really a relationship between faith and deeds. They're, they're totally separate. And he brings up demons as an example. Uh, and de- demons believe that God exists. They tremble at the thought. But even de- demons have good theology. Demons probably have better theology than some, some of us. <laughs> they, they, they know for sure the truths about God. They've, they've chosen to rebel against God. They don't follow God. Uh, but but, but they, have, they have a belief in God. And so, so the objector is saying, uh, and you see how these, these things are, are unrelated. You can believe the right things about God, but your actions can be evil. That'd be the demons and people in this world that maybe know all the right things about God. Maybe they got dragged to church. Maybe they got dragged to Sunday school. They've heard truth about God. They could recite truth about God and his word, um, but they're not living it. It's nowhere in their life. Uh, so, so the objector is saying that these, these things are not, they're not related. They're not, they're not analogous. That, that, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're totally separate. And, and, and the point that James is driving home is that they're, that they're not separate. That if you, if you have a real faith in Jesus, a life-transforming relationship with God, it should show in your actions. It should show in the way that you live. Um, so, so again, looking at this objection again, he says, some people have faith and others have good deeds. He says, if you can show me your faith, uh, if you don't, wait, yeah, can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds and I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. Um, he's saying that, that you, can, you can do it either way. You can, you can show someone some good work, show someone some good deeds and say, hey, they must be a good person. They must have faith in God. Uh, or, or they may say, hey, uh, yeah, I've got faith in God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show that by the way that I live. But he says they're not necessarily correlated. Um, you say you believe that there's one God. He says, good for you. And you can write to Jewish Christians in that concept of, of God is one. Uh, would have been core, would have been central uh, to them. Um, he says, man, even, even demons believe that. It's not enough just to believe the right things about God. It does matter how we live. And he says, can't you see that faith without good deeds uh, is useless? Um, this, is, this is James responding to that objection. He says, that's foolish. Uh, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? You've got to have the both uh, together. And then he, so he brings in two Old Testament examples. Again, he's writing to Jewish Christians, people that would have known the Old Testament well. And he says, I want to show you two examples. Uh, that I'm not just making this up. I'll show you two examples of a life-transforming relationship with God, faith in God that produced good deeds in their life. So you can see what I mean. And the first example he uses is Abraham in verse 21. He says, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? If you guys aren't familiar with the story of Abraham, at the very beginning of the semester, we did a, a short series through, through the Old Testament, and so we talked a lot about Abraham. Uh, but, but Abraham was one that, that God had, had come to him and made a covenant with him. He said, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. I'm going to bless you and bless the entire world through you. And the Bible says that Abraham believed God, and that was credited to him as righteousness. The moment he believed God, by faith, he was made right with God. Right, and so fast forward fifteen years, and uh, and uh, he's gone through many life events. He he has a son named Isaac, and God uh, tests him, calls him to sacrifice his son Isaac. Would you be willing to sacrifice uh, your son son for me? Do you, do you have that kind of trust, that kind of faith in me? Uh, and Abraham he does, and he takes his son. Of course, it's a test. God does not ask for human sacrifice, right? And so so when he's obedient, uh, God provides a ram to sacrifice instead. Um, but he says in that moment, uh, when, he, when he offered um, his son Isaac on the altar, what does it say? He was shown to be right. He was shown to be right. We already know he was right because the Bible tells us he was right when he believed God. So by faith, he was made right. Not by anything he did. He was made right by faith, by just trusting God's promise. 
He showed that he was made right by his actions. You guys see it? He demonstrated it. People could look at him and say, oh, that's Abraham. Yeah, he's, he's, he's God's friend. They started calling him the friend of God. Uh, they, they saw his devotion to God. Um, even though he, he had already been made right with God 15 years prior, it was revealed in his life by his actions there. Verse 22, you see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. So the good works we do don't save us, but those good works help our faith to grow, help our faith to be mature, help our faith to be complete. They fan the flames of our faith. Uh, they enrich our faith. Um, the, those good things we do, they, they reveal our faith. They reveal it to others. Other people can look at our life and say, hey, there's something, something is really wrong with this guy. He just loves people like crazy, uh, even people he doesn't know. Uh, he cares for people. He, when he sees a need, he bends over backwards to try to meet that person's need. What is wrong with this girl? Uh, man, I've seen her go through some mess, and she's still got a smile on her face. She's still got joy and peace in her life. Who, is, who are these people, these Christians, that just love one another like crazy uh, and care for each other? That's how it should be. That, that, that faith should be demonstrated in the way that we live. It should draw people uh, into a relationship with God. And continuing on in verse 23. And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous. Why? Because of his faith. Because of his faith. Uh, not because of what he did, but because of God made the promise, he believed it, and he was made righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. We're made right with God by faith alone, and we're shown, we show it, we reveal it by our actions. You know, so, so again, going to that core principle here we've been talking about in James, if you have a relationship with God, I should be able to see that in your life, right? That, that the things you do and say and how you treat others aren't what saves you, but if you've been saved, I ought to see that in your life. You guys see it? You guys see the difference? So, so he's making this appeal, and he uses Abraham as an example. And Abraham would have been, you know, along with Moses, a superhero to the Jewish people. Just absolutely up there on the, on the faith, like, wow, we love this guy. I don't, who are some heroes for us today? Like, we've got patriotic heroes like Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. What are some other heroes we have? You guys throw out some heroes for me. Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks is a hero, yeah. So, civil rights hero. What are some others? <laughs> Personal heroes of yours. What? LeBron. Oh, you don't have an athlete as a hero. That's fine. They said, man, I'll, so, so we'll, use, we'll use the athlete as an example. So I look at, you said LeBron? So I look at LeBron James, and man, he's, he's good at basketball. Hey, I want to step, step out in the story. So, uh, talking about basketball, uh, when we showed our kids uh, Air Bud, you guys seen that movie Air Bud? Yeah. Um, uh, a few years ago, so Hannah, this is, I guess two years ago, because Hannah was four, um, and this was her, her four-word uh, review of the movie Air Bud. That dog can basketball. <laughs> right, you can. Um, I, I can't play basketball as good as Air Bud. I certainly can't play basketball as good as LeBron James, right? Uh, so, so when we talk about, uh, man, I want to be, talk about heroes, talk about LeBron James, I can look up to him, but I think I can never be like him. That's what it would have been like for these guys. You bring up Abraham in a faith discussion. Okay, yeah, Abraham, he had a lot of faith. I'm never going to be able to have faith like that, right? So he, he brings out the hero, and then he brings out a second example too. Um, the second example he brings out is Rahab. Rahab um, was a prostitute uh, that God used strategically to rescue um, some, some spies as the, the Israelites were moving into the promised land. 
Um, so as they're, as they're uh, scoping out the promised land, God is, is leading them uh, to, to invade, and they're, they're going to go to war uh, with this city called Jericho. God's going to give them the city, uh, but some spies are sent in. Uh, Rahab is, is a prostitute living there in the city, uh, and he, she helps the, the spies to, to escape, to get away, uh, and, and they promise um, man, if you help, they tell her what God's plan is. Here's what God's doing, and, and if you help us, we're going to make sure you and your family are protected. They make a promise to her, kind of like, uh, kind of like God made the promise to, to Abraham. Uh, she believes him, right? She says, "Yeah, I, I want, I, I want to help you guys. I want to be on the side of God. I want to help, help you and, and my family be spared." Um, so, uh, uh, and then she, and again, you can go and read read Rahab's story later, um, but, but she hangs a a red cord, a red thread out her window, so they know that, yeah, I'm on, I'm on board. Um, so let's read it in verse 25. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Uh, so, so we brought out a big, a big hero of the faith, Abraham, and they're, they're like, okay, we see it. Yeah, Abraham had faith. That made him right with God, but then it was his actions that really revealed it. But man, I'm no Abraham, so why are we even talking about this? I'm no Airbud. I'm no LeBron James. So they'll go and give me another example. What about this prostitute in the Bible that had faith, right? That she had faith, she believed God, made right with God by that faith, but it was her actions that revealed it. Her actions is, is, is what, what made it possible for her family to be rescued, her family to be saved. Um, she was shown, again, there, there's, there's shown to be right with God. Abraham was shown to be right with God. Rahab was shown to be right with God uh, by her actions when she hit the messengers. Um, and we'll conclude there with verse 26. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Um, your body needs, needs breath to live, right? Uh, if you do not breathe, you will die. How many, how many minutes can you, can you go with that, like a fresh breath of oxygen? Seven and a half? Three? Five? Less than ten? We'll say, let's just say less than ten. I'm sure the world record is probably something. Uh, if you don't breathe, you, you're going to die, right? So, so, so James wraps it up here with verse 26, and he says, in the same way that your body needs breath to live, your faith needs good works to thrive, to grow. Um, again, those good works aren't what saves you. What Jesus did on the cross is what saves you. So you just put your trust in Jesus what he did. That's what makes you right with God. But he says good works is what's going to keep that faith living. It's going to help that faith to grow, to mature, uh, into the, the adult, grown, complete faith that God wants it to be. Not, not just a, a sickly, weak faith that just barely makes it, but a strong faith that, that grows strong, that grows mature, through actions. How we live our life matters. Uh, and how we think, how we speak, how we treat others matters. And he says the good works that we do, uh, the good works that we do are, are like breath to a, to a body. In the same way that our body needs breath to be living and active. Your faith uh, needs to be revealed by good works for it to strengthen uh, and, and be, be living and active. Does that make sense? You guys tracking with me? Um, so, so important that, it, that, that as, as believers, you guys understand this. You understand this. That, man, as, as you put your trust in Jesus, uh, you should be allowing God to, to have control of every area of your life. God, God, you're in control of how I speak. Maybe, maybe I've got a problem with how I speak. Maybe I'm negative. Maybe I'm a pessimist. 
and I can't help but speak out negative, can't help but complain. Maybe I've got a cussing problem. God, I need you to clean up my mouth. I talk like I'm, I'm not safe for work, and, and if, I just don't want to talk like that anymore. Um, God, help clean up my language. God, I want to submit my, the way I talk to you. God, help me with that. God, the way I treat other people is kind of selfish. It's, it's rude. I'm putting myself first. I, I don't have time for other people. I certainly don't care for other people's needs. I'd be that kind of guy that says, oh, you've got a need. Okay, I'll be praying for that. You know, I hope it works out, and I'm, I'm the other way. Uh, God, would you work in, work in my heart to where I'd have compassion to other people? I'd treat other people better uh, that people can see you in the way that I, that I treat others. God, would you work in that in me? And being a Christian is saying, God, I surrender every part of my life to you. Do You do what you please with me so that when people look at my life, and they can see that I've got faith in you. It's one thing to have faith, but then you don't tell anybody. James said, man, man that, you missed the point. That kind of faith is useless. The kind of faith that's not only going to save you, but going to save your family members, your friends, the people around you, going to draw other people into a relationship with God is the kind of faith that's expressed uh, through your actions, through your deeds, through your good works, through what you do. Amen? Uh, so I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for two things. First of all, and I understand it's totally possible, there's people in here tonight uh, that say, uh, and hearing that, that good news of what Jesus has done on the cross, I don't know that I've ever put my trust in Jesus to, to save me, to make me right with God, but I want to do that tonight. I want to have my sins forgiven. I want to be justified and made right before God. I want to have a relationship with God. I want to go to heaven. Uh, I want to pray to put my trust in Jesus tonight and pray for God to save me. So we're going to pray for those people uh, in a minute. And for those of you guys that say, I'm, a, I'm already a Christian, like I've already prayed to put my trust in Jesus, but I know that if you were to look at my life, my, my life looks like just like the next guy's life. There's nothing about the way I live uh, that, that reveals my faith in Jesus. And I want my actions, what I do, what I say, how I conduct myself, what I think about, man, I want that to reveal faith in Christ, that people looking at my life can be drawn into a relationship with God. Matt, would you pray with me? Um, that, that, that faith would be expressed in good works and good deeds like James uh, talked about uh, here in James chapter 2. So we're going to pray for those two things. If you guys would bow your heads and close your eyes, um, just to give your neighbor some privacy with the Lord. Um, everyone's got their eyes closed. No one's looking around. We're just locking in on God. Um, <clears throat> Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your free gift of salvation, God. Thank you, God, that, that there's nothing we can do to earn or deserve your favor. God, that you love us just as we are. That you accept us. You want to adopt us into your family as sons and daughters. That while we were still sinners, while we were far away from you, while we were rebellious and, and, and just set against you, that's when you sent Jesus. That's when you sent Jesus to die for us. Jesus, that's when you hung on a cross and, and took the punishment that we deserved on yourself. God, if there's anyone here tonight that says, I've never put my trust in Jesus and asked him to, to save me from my sins, ask him to make me right with God. I've never asked God to forgive me before or entered into a relationship with God to follow Jesus in that way, but I want to tonight. If that's anybody here, I want to pray with you. Um, again, everybody's eyes closed. Uh, if you just raise your hand and say, Matt, that's me. Would you pray with me? I want to put my trust in Jesus tonight. I want to ask God to forgive me tonight. Anybody here that would say, that's me. Just pray along with me uh, in your heart. God, I, I know I need you. God, I know that I've done wrong. God, please forgive me. Please forgive me. God, right now I want to transfer my trust for myself, my own ability to do right. I want to put my trust completely in you, Jesus.
and what you did for me on the cross to save me. God, would you forgive my sins? Would you clean me up? Would you give me a fresh start? Give me a clean heart and help me to follow you this day forward. God, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you. Jesus, would you be Lord of my life? Those of you guys that prayed that, uh, man, in your heart, put your trust in Jesus. And the Bible says that you're a new creation, that you're made new, uh, totally forgiven, totally clean, adopted into the family of God as a son, as a daughter, with an eternal home in heaven when this life is over. And again, I want to pray for for, for the rest of us, um, myself included, that says, man, God, I, I want my faith to be revealed in my in my actions, the way I live the way I speak, the way I think, those things that, that I meditate on, the things that I focus on, the things that, that fill up my time, that fill up my schedule. I want those kind of things to reveal a relationship with you, that people could look at my life and see that I love you, see that I'm following you. Um, God, I want to surrender every part of my life to you. God, for those that need help, God, with the way that they, they speak, the way that they think, uh, with thought patterns, those kind of things, God, would you help them there? God, that those that need help, God, show compassion to others, help with how they treat other people, help to overcome selfishness and pride uh, and those kind of things. God, would you help them there? God, help us to love you with all of our heart. God, as we love you, help us to, to, to love the people around us, love the people, God, that you created, people that are made in your image. God, that we'd show compassion, we'd help those where we can. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. God, I pray that you'd, you'd use the ministry of Chi Alpha to be a blessing on this campus. God, I know there's only two weeks left and then, and then finals, God, but, but God, I pray that we'd make the most of every moment we have sitting with classmates. God, every moment that we have with, with uh, roommates and sweetmates and, and people on campus, God, coworkers and, uh, and strangers we pass by, um, to not, that we wouldn't just count out, hey, the semester's almost over and just kind of coast on to the finish line. God, help us to make the most of every conversation. Every time we share space with another human being, that we can love them, care for them like you would. Where we can share the gospel with them, God. Every conversation, thinking about how can I share with this person the good news about Jesus and what God's done in my life. God, help us to make the most of every opportunity. Give us opportunities to lead other people to Christ. To reveal our faith in you. To make the gospel attractive to those around us, God. God, use us for your kingdom and for your glory, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.